When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today is Wednesday, September 30th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman, episode 376, featuring longtime Boston Globe columnist Bob Ryan, is powered by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today for your free sign-up bonus. All right, well, the end came a little sooner than we would have liked, obviously. Welcome in another new edition of Celtics Beat. Adam Kaufman, and if you are watching versus listening, you can see. I am joined, as always, by producer Evan Valenti, as well as a uh, longtime Boston Globe columnist, NBA writer, big part of the CLNS family, does a podcast with Jeff Goodman. And as the cliche goes, except it's not a cliche, when I'm talking about this man, he has forgotten more about basketball than I will ever know. Bob Ryan, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Very well. Thank you. Well, appreciate you being on with us. Of course, you're a good friend of this program as well. Always kind enough to spend some time with us. And, well, it, it stinks, Bob. The season's over, for the Celtics anyway. The NBA Finals go on without them. The Miami Heat challenging the Los Angeles Lakers. And we can get into that, obviously, game one a little bit later on tonight. I know some people may not be listening until Thursday morning in this case, in which case game one will be behind us. So we'll look at the series on the whole. But, for this Celtics team first, let's let's just start with what a cesspool social media, Twitter has been, which I realize is nothing new. But ever since the seas went down, I'm sure you've seen some of it. It's, you know, they failed, they blew it, they choked. Brad Stevens, uh, you know, Eric Spolstra called circles around him. He needs to go. He needs to be fired. Gordon Hayward, trade him for a, a bag of basketballs. Uh Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, everybody let him down. Am I forgetting anything, Evan? What are, what are all the steaming hot takes that are out there right now? They could go on Tice, too, I guess. There was the yeah. Tice thing. I mean, anywhere. No bench. I don't know. Just pick your poison at this point. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. And I, I feel bad for both of you because you guys have much bigger followings than I do. I don't have to deal with that nonsense. <laughs> I don't have to. It's great. I just think, Bob, that people are are failing to remember going back to the start of the series. One, what a coin flip this was viewed as by – the experts, the pundits, and also in goalpost move as season moves along any team, any season, any year, we know that, but I'm not going to say the team overachieved necessarily because clearly once the bucks went down, everyone thought NBA finals, they're going to beat the heat. But by the same token, when the season did begin pre bubble, all that stuff, most people didn't have the Celtics in the Eastern conference finals. At best, if anyone had been watching, the competition from the beginning of bubble ball, they would have noted that the best team, the team playing the best basketball overall in both conferences was the Miami heat. Uh, They had the biggest ascension from regular season to where they are right now and deserve to be where they are right now. All right. There, there were, I thought before it started, I would have put, I put them in the category of they're dangerous. Mm. I had my eye on them. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't project them necessarily to to get to the finals, sure. but I said they're going to be a tough out. Into that great phrase, you know, which is an accurate. It's, it's a good phrase to use when we get to the playoffs. They were going to be a tough out, I thought, and they played even better than we thought. Certain individuals played except much better. Number one, Bam. All right, Bam out of bio. Uh, now we look at it a lot differently. I think you should than we did a month ago or beginning a bubble ball at all. He's a better player than we ever dreamed. He's more versatile. He's got more to his game, which includes now even a face-up jumper from 15, all right? Um, he's, he's, he's a good basketball player. He's he played his best. He's never played this well. I thought that the – I won't say X factor, because there, there are X factors in basketball. We can talk about that with other series. But the guy who is not getting sufficient credit, who in my judgment, when you look at the overall scope of each game, was the best consistent player that Miami had, indispensable, totally indispensable, was Goran Dragic. 
I think Goran Dragic was the MVP in that series for them. I, don't, I know Bam had the block, and I just got through extolling his virtues, and they're all legitimate. But Goran Dragic, he totally outplayed Kemba Walker at that position. Let's face that. For whatever reason, I think Kemba wasn't 100% physically, but he was outplayed. Goran Dragic, who was a previous – people – I just he's flown under the radar. He was in Phoenix. Right, he made it, he scored twenty points a game one year. I looked all this up. He's had he's been a double digit scorer for over ten years, but nobody's paying attention. And he got well, a, and his, big, his, kills his biggest self, numbers too. were in Phoenix. He's thirty four, you know, and and people just don't have a feeling about for him. And he was terrific. And he's uh, if he continues to play like this, he's going to give the Lakers problems. All right, um, their talent, uh, and of course the the shooting. We go to next. Could we go to the pair of, of three-point bombardiers, Duncan Robinson, who's just such a surpassingly wonderful story. You know, York, Maine, to to prep school, to Williams, to Michigan. The only person who's ever played in championship game in both division three and one, lost them both. That wasn't his fault. Um, You know, it was G League player, two-way player, and look at what he's become, and Tyler Hero. Now, that's the one that hurts, of course, because we've come to know, and I do believe it, that they were, the Celtics would have taken Tyler Hero one pick later. Miami beat him to the punch. And when he's dropping 37 on you, that's a pretty tough, you know, thing to, to deal with, all right? Um, now, they're good. And, and Jimmy Butler is, is, is exactly what they were hoping for. You know, he's given them exactly what they need there. Uh, and, and then, and, and I thought this was well explored by uh, my colleague Gary Washburn in the Globe a couple of days ago on draft, on, on, on deadline day. Miami went out and made two important acquisitions, Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala. Mm-hmm. Danny did bupkis. And did. he did nothing and sat on it. And who among us, you, everybody I'm looking at, everybody out there hasn't said going on three years, what this team lacks and they've, they've overcome it to a degree is a guy who, when he fills out his income tax form, puts down under occupation, registered jump shooter. <laughs> a guy who comes off the bench and could give you anywhere from 15 to 25 to maybe even 30, like Lou Williams does. But you're not looking. That, that's unfair. You can't ask me. Yeah. But somebody, Hero's filling that, fulfilling that role for them. All right, you know, okay. But somebody, Jordan, I mean, there were guys out there that could have taken a shot at, including 40-year-old Crawford, and he may be he may be Crawford at forty, but he's forty going to like thirty seven, man, thirty two, thirty four, somewhere in there. You know, he's not done. Yeah, Danny didn't do it. Look, I'm a Danny fan. I've, I've known Danny obviously since 1982 when they were when they drafted him. All right, and I like Danny very much. I think he's done a great job. But he's going to have to answer for that. He didn't go out and try. If he tried and failed, we wouldn't feel so bad. He tried. He, he got a guy. He got somebody that fulfilled that role. The guy didn't work out. He got nobody. And that guy's been lacking for three years. And the other thing, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm just regurgitating here, is a, a, a type of big man they do not have, who they once had, by the way. His name is Aaron Baines. Mm-hmm. I hated it when they let him go or, or he went out of here. I forget what the circumstances were. Free agency, whatever. Yeah, tra- He's no, gone. Traded and, him. Yeah. You know, we saw how Daniel Tice is good in certain circumstances, up to a point. And, and at that point was max out before I got to the uh, the Phoenix, I mean, the, the Miami series, uh, you know, the, and, and, you know, we saw that when against Philadelphia, Embiid had his way, you know, I like Daniel Tice for certain things, but, you know, and, 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 and Cantor who won't be back naturally. And, you know, what a wonderful human being, but, you know, he's a very interesting, interesting flawed player and Robert Williams, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe he's, he showed us some baby steps and he had some value, but, you know what I'm talking about. They need a, a center who can defend the pick and roll and who can 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 muscle up and, and take care of people. Uh, Bam just had his way with them. So those are two technical lacks they had you know, that I don't think anybody can dispute. Over and above that, they still could have won this series if they didn't have these incredibly awful lapses of, of, of blowing leads. And now that's Corazon. That's something. That's, that's something that, you know, that's got to be addressed. And and got to be addressed in the top down. I mean, uh, Brad's going to start looking in the mirror. What could I, what it could I have done? You know, if thing happens once, all right, it happens once. It happens twice. It happened three times minimum. Uh, of that they you know, right down to the last game when they after having that run to go from minus eight to plus six, up six, ninety six ninety nine minutes to go, and we all know what happened. 
And that's coming out of a terrific run. And I thought, this is the run that's going to, you know, and based on the way they played in five, they were wonderful in game five and with their backs against the wall. And, and I thought, hey, they find, they, they've found that gear again. What is it that they're lacking here? They've got to all look in the mirror. That's all. Because they lost disturbing games. It was a disturbing loss to a team that it does not have more talent than them, but is worthier than them when it came down to it. Made all the big plays, all the marquee moments belong to the Miami Heat. So it was an exceptionally winnable series for all yes. the reasons you just highlighted, especially, I mean, you're up in every single game. You end up losing in six, you blow double digit leads, games one, games two. It, it you know, it, it was a series that I can certainly empathize with any Celtics fan out there or, or NBA fan that says in that sense, they blew it because they should have won. They were in a position to win. I agree. However, for all the reasons that you just outlined, and I'm not going to repeat them all other than to kind of say quickly in short, I think you properly addressed all the different reasons why Miami was kind of the the better, deeper team. Not in the sense that it was necessarily more talented, because I think from a top-heavy perspective, like, if, would you rather be long-term? Would you rather be the Celtics or the Heat? Would you rather have, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown? Would you rather have hero and and bam and butler and guys like that i think at their core you'd rather have the celtics team most people wouldn't disagree with that tatum could be a superstar some think he already is brown should be a perennial all-star not to say that some of the heat players aren't young but all the stuff that you addressed showcases all the reasons that the celtics were flawed particularly in this matchup you know matched up well with philly matched up well reasonably so with toronto Matched up very poorly with Miami. Yes, could have won again, but couldn't begin to defend a guy like Bam. That guy's just not on the roster. Don't have that those guys off the bench, the heroes, the Robinsons, guys that are those, you know, sharpshooters that that can rain three. And obviously Jay Crowder, we Evan and I have talked about this on past shows. Like Crowder has he the man ought to live in the bubble. Like he's he's <laughs> never shot better in his entire life than he has during this NBA playoff run. So obviously some guys they they just hit it at the right time of year. Like Robbie or you know Robert Ory made a made a, a, a living out of it obviously for several championship teams and other championship caliber teams. But you know I, I guess I feel like that is something that is being overlooked by the masses out there pointing at at all the you know falling short blown leads reasons that as you put it brad needs to look himself in the mirror and things that he needs to do better and and talking about eric spolster like he's a nobody not a guy who's about to coach in his fifth nba finals by the way but just pointing at the celtics like this just because you're the higher seeded team they massively underachieve like the heat didn't blow doors off the milwaukee bucks i just think there's there's a misconception out there in terms of what this matchup was on you know record on paper versus in reality when you're putting bodies on bodies for all the reasons that you already addressed okay i i think that's a very cogent one more factor and and you mentioned the name earlier and and this this doesn't surprise me that people don't get it because the nature of this game is, is something that not, you got to be maybe a little more sophisticated than some people are capable of being about the game. They were the Gordon Hayward we had this year. If they had that Gordon Hayward, they're, they're playing the Lakers right now tonight. Sure. They're playing the Lakers. He was still playing great. You saw it in that Philly game. And then something happened. He's cursed. I don't know why, but what happened to him against Philadelphia could happen to you, me, anybody, playing in their backyard and the driveway, he came down on somebody's foot and turned his ankle and ruined his playoffs. Yeah, he had the one decent contribution in five, but he was – obviously you saw him at six. It wasn't there. The, 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 not, it wasn't himself. It was, mm. it was just – there was nothing. Jay, so everybody wants to give it – no. I'm happy to come back with this group technically with the addition of that – you know, the two things we talked about. But I'm not angry with them – I don't think we're going to go out there and find better players than this group by getting rid of them or exchanging them, shuffling the deck. I want Tatum back. I want Brown back. I want Smart back. I want Hayward back. Okay. Uh, those four, that's your core. And I'll go to, you know, I don't know, we can't use that phrase anymore. I will, I will start, you know, I'm trying to be nice. I'll start next season with that group. I would like it augmented, you know, somehow, some way, whether by draft or, or, or free agency or trading, to get a, a competent scorer off the bench and 
surely somewhere out there, there's got to be a big man that fits that description that can help them somewhere. You'd like to think, you know, maybe, get, and I even see, I've seen speculation about, I don't know what Ainge's, uh, Baines's contract situation is, but someone's already speculated about him. And I don't know whether that was based on anything that was real in terms of contract. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. You, know, you guys can find out. I don't know. But I take that Aaron Baines back in a second to be what we, and that, that would be enough. You don't have to be an all-star player to do what we're talking about here. You don't have to be an all-star. No, our core group is good and it's young. I mean, Smart's the old man. He's 25 or 6. He'll be 26 in the season, yeah. right? I mean, 26. come on. That's a, and hey, Tatum's on the verge of true greatness and, and he'll get better. And, and, and I don't know. So, yeah, it's frustrating because, you know, looking at but, but but I think you hit upon it earlier. Miami, it's not like Miami is a joke or anything. Miami is, they they just played to their max the way they can play. And, and they certainly made the big plays, you know, starting with the block, you know, which is a play for the ages. There's no question. I get, and, I, and I salute them and I'm going to root for them, you know, because they're playing the Lakers. I mean, what's yeah. the rest Yeah, have to. <laughs> yeah, have to at on. that point. Yeah. No, I, I agree with everything that's pretty much been said. It's, it's interesting to monitor the different blame fingers that go around, right? Well, you know, that's the game we play now, you know. Yeah, I love it. You know, I, it's, it's always, I love, um, Michael Lombardi, who does a whole host of podcasts, but obviously used to work for the Patriots, Belichick back in Cleveland. And he talks about, you know, you always, you'll, you'll get done, you look at why you lose, and a lot of people just do A and B when it's really C, D, E, F, and G, and however you want to, it just goes down the line. And you look at this team, and I thought at the end of it, turning the ball over 19 times in the game is not going to win you a lot of games. Okay. No. <laughs> just, just be frankly honest about that. I don't care how well you play, but you turn the ball over 19 times in a game, you're going to lose a lot of those games. And they made a lot of mistakes. So I'm, I, at certain points, I blame a lot of the players. But then you both have kind of mentioned, Bob, mostly about roster construction. And it leads me to this because I think Danny – made a choice. I think we've talked to several people on the show about this, Adam, about making a choice to stay young, like using all those draft picks, all three draft picks on Grant Williams, on Romeo Langford, on uh, Carson Edwards, on Tremont Waters, who I like, don't get me wrong, but, you know, wasn't going to make a huge impact this season, instead of trying to find a way to bring a veteran on the team. Now, here we go to this next offseason, and you have a couple of picks again. You have guys that will shuffle in and out, but again, as we said, the core will stay the same. However, what's changing is the financial landscape of the Celtics because Tatum's going to get a max deal, no question whatsoever. The Gordon Hayward contract situation where he can opt in this year, how that works out if they if he opts in, do they do that, or are they trying to extend him for longer down the so it's less on the cap. But instead of now, as you've seen with Miami, Miami might not be as talented in the, the middle of the paper, but they went on the margins, right? So they have a guy, you know, a Tyler Hero who's their you know fourth guy can light you up for 37. Danny's got to find a way to now fine-tune this roster, Bob, in my opinion, to be better a little bit more on the margins. We talk about, uh, you know, Baines and all those guys as, as, as examples. But you look at this next offseason, I think there's got to be at least a little bit more pressure on Danny Ainge than there's been in a long time. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's certainly going to come from the, the media and, the, and the, you know, typically the electronic media. You know, <laughs> I, I definitely – no, seriously, I, I think there's no question – because, you know, they're knocking on the door. to, th- And here's the other thing. Uh, you didn't have to be an all-time great team to win. Whoever wins this series between the Lakers and the Heat is going to be a worthy champion in the context of this crazy world that we're living in, this COVID-19 world that gave birth to the bubble, that gave birth to a truncated season, that gave birth to, the, you know, the, the circumstances in which there's no more 2-1-1-1 two, two, one, 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 or 2-3-2 or 1-1-1-1-1-1. Two, two, or one, 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 one. It's all – everybody's in the same place. So that factor, which has always been a huge factor often historically uh, in, in determining the outcome of series, has been eliminated. It's a, it's a crazy, ir, ir, aberrational series, I mean, I mean uh, uh, season. And who can negotiate all that? And, and, the Lake, and if the Lakers win, they'll have done it without their best on-ball defender who opted out, Avery Bradley. Let's, mm-hmm. give them, let's remember that. So they're playing without their full complement of players, and, and they're the heavy favorites. And, and, okay, they're not a great team, historically. And the Heat, if they can upset them, are not a great team. It was a winnable year. That's what's going to frustrate you. You don't want to go too crazy here. You're, you're close. They're close. Milwaukee's still close. Uh, uh, and the West, Denver, definitely, they're close. If the, if the league doesn't improve 
You know, there's no super team. Now, we got a huge, huge X factor next year with Golden State. Yeah, and, 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 a sec- and a second one in the East with, New- okay. with the Brooklyn Nets, you know, if, you know, KD and, 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 and Kyrie, you know, bond on the court the way they have off the court, apparently, you know, together. Sure. They got some good young players. And Karis LeVert, Joe Harris is a great three-point shooter. All right, and, and Steve Nash is an X-factor coach. We don't know how that's going to work out. All I'm saying is there's no great team on the horizon, you know. So you don't have to be historically great. Uh, and, and this year, what they had, the Celtics, you know, yeah, it was a, it was an opportunity. It was a legitimate opportunity and yeah. they didn't take advantage of it, but I'm going to give them a little bit of a, a pass on the, on the Hayward thing. I'm serious. That was, that was the team that they entered the bubble with was, I'd, I'd like to see them playing again right now with a, that means with a healthy Hayward and uh, you know, well, that's their team though. And that's the deal. And, and, and I mean, they didn't have them and, Okay, you know, so but injuries have always had uh, a great effect on, on, on you know, uh, outcomes. We know that. Going back, I can give you chapter and verse about the old Celtics, you know, the Russell Celtics, and, and the breaks they got started, especially in 1968, when Billy Cunningham couldn't play for the 76ers. So, you know, those kind of things are always present. Let's take a quick break just to tell you quickly that uh, the wait is finally over. Football, of course, is back as we enter week four. You might not be at a game this year, I realize, but you can still be in on the action with oh, yeah. Online NFL Futures. The Chiefs, the defending champs, 3-0. and Date with the Patriots coming up in KC, as a matter of fact, plus 400 odds to repeat as Super Bowl champions. The Ravens, plus 650, led by reigning MVP Lamar Jackson. The Seahawks, who... At a narrow but big victory over the Pats earlier this year, plus 750. Packers and this bleep you tour for Aaron Rodgers this year, plus seven, uh, plus 1,000, I should say. Tom Brady's Buccaneers and Rob Gronkowski there as well, finally starting to fit in. They are plus 1,400. And let us not forget those Pats and Cam Newton, plus 2,500. Long odds, but maybe worth uh, investing a little bit of coin in if you believe that they could come out of the AFC. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads, totals to team, player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today. Start off wagering on win, division and championship futures today as well. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses available to you bet online your online sportsbook experts can we can we get bob's i just want to bob how are we feeling about cam newton you enjoying it positive uh positive uh very uh pleasantly i was surprised yeah no not surprised because i did think that if he proved to be healthy that he would be an asset and it was a steal and 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 it's a bargain thing it was a amazing to me uh that uh, he was able to stay out there available for two months, uh, given his resume uh, and the fact that the major problems that started in Carolina, unless there's stuff that I missed or didn't know about, or you don't know about it, we don't know about it, had to do with injury mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the, the, the shoulder first and then the foot and he wasn't himself. And, and, uh, but just, you know, I knew the credentials. I remember the MVP year. I know some of the things I, I know what he can do. I've been watching him since Auburn and, I was happy to get him, and, and I thought it was a, a no-brainer because if it didn't work out, it was cost-effective, and we were resigned to going with Stidham, and I had written off the season as a, you know, you know, the beginning of the rest of our lives and all that. <laughs> I've got some, you know, I've, I've got some real enthusiasm about what I see. Uh, is Nikhil Harry going to I'm, – I'm, I'll stick with Newton. I'm happy with what I've seen. Yeah. I know he had a very – a bad a substandard passing game Sunday, and they got they got through it anyway because they ran for 250 yards. But I, I'm sure he'll, uh, you know, that that I'm going to get that'll be his worst statistical passing day of the year. If it's not, all right, we got a problem. But I don't think it is. I think we have to worry about that. Well, obviously, you can't uh, talk injuries and in Cam Newton and not pick up where you left off, which is with Gordon Hayward. Let's just let's zero in on that for for a moment only because he is uh, unquestionably to me, the most polarizing player on the Celtics when it comes to the, you know, the Twitter verse and people out there that either, you know, as, as I often say it, you know, people that I don't want to say don't know the game because we, there are certainly people like Sean Devaney was on with us last week who knows the game. He, he writes about basketball. He follows basketball. He just does not view Gordon Hayward as someone who is, you know, indispensable, someone who is, 
you know, even important necessarily to the construction of the Celtics. He looks at them as redundant and even, you know, somewhat in the way of the development of guys like Tatum and Brown. And I couldn't disagree with all of that more. I think that they are a better team when Gordon Hayward is on the floor. And, you know, as you highlighted before, there are so many different cases uh, evidencing that very thing, whether during the regular season or in the bubble, obviously, before he got hurt. And then the, you know, when he did come back ever so briefly, and then obviously didn't have it in that elimination game. But I bring him up again, not only because, again, I feel he's important, but because when it comes to Danny Ainge attempting to manipulate this roster in some way, you know, people are going to look at this offseason and say, the Gordon Hayward decision looms large because they're capped out either way. That's what a lot of people forget. They're capped out either way. So it's either you, you know, bring back Gordon Hayward, meaning he decides to opt in. It's not like you can take that $34 million and put it elsewhere. It either goes to Hayward or it goes to nobody. You'd rather have a Gordon Hayward than have nobody. In my mind, some people disagree with that. Or you don't give him that money. He opts out. You negotiate like you intended to do with Al Horford last year, a longer-term deal, lower average annual value. He comes back for a, a few more years, tries to rebuild, rejuvenate his career. Or obviously, there's a third option that I, I don't think is at all likely, but it is possible, which is Hayward opts back in, and then Danny Ainge tries to trade him. And obviously he is, you know, he's a, a businessman first. A lot of people have joked, including yourself, you know, he'd he'd trade his mother in the right package. But, you know, I think one, I don't know how much you'd get for Hayward necessarily. There's Indiana talk, obviously, of, of Turner wanting out potentially and Oladipo with the injuries. And there are other teams, people have mentioned the Manjabalitza, guys like that. But I also think there there's sort of that real world impact. We heard it all with the Anthony Davis stuff of, of him reportedly, according to his dad, not wanting to come to Boston after the way the Celtics did Isaiah Thomas dirty trading him after everything that he went through and put his body on the line. If you trade Gordon Hayward after through no fault of the Celtics, but everything that happened to him during his time in Boston, it's a bad look as you know, pre Kemba Walker, the best or biggest name free agent signing they've ever had, you know, it was, it was Horford Hayward, Kemba in that order and now in reverse order those are the biggest names free agent wise the Celtics have ever brought in if you trade that guy right now it may down the line make some players around the league as personal as they take things and as sensitive as they are say I don't know if I want to go there uh, under Danny Ainge I, I don't know if I want to be on that team knowing that my ass could be out of there and that there's there's a lack of loyalty in this situation especially given uh, Hayward's history with Brad Stevens and all of that. So that's all a long-winded way of saying the Hayward situation <laughs> is very complicated for one. And second, I just, it, it's, it's the biggest decision because if you want to shake this roster up in any really substantial way, moving Hayward is kind of the only way to do it. Uh, with regard to Isaiah Thomas, uh, I, I continue to wonder if there will be ramifications as you alluded to due to the way he, the people feel he was maltreated uh, by the Boston Celtics. Playing uh, gutsy with his hip, having the personal life tragedy that befell him at a highly inopportune time, and, and a kind of obviously pretty generally good person that he, I, I believe, we all believe he is to be. Uh, he deserved a better treatment, a lot of people are looking out and saying, that he got from the Boston Celtics, and how that will rebound and hurt them down the road, it remains to be seen, but it's a conceivable possibility. You're right to, to make reference to that. Gordon Hayward. Uh, first of all, if he ever, if he himself opts out, I think Mrs. Hayward would be very upset if, if Gordon <laughs> if Gordon <laughs> decides he's going to play loose with the with the money. Money. Uh, I'm a fan, and I think Game Five should have opened up some eyes. At least, if, if you're going to play zone against the Boston Celtics, go right ahead. We're putting Gordon in there, and there goes your zone. He'll, he will, he will, you, he will be your focal point. We will stick him in the middle of that offense, and and we will, we will, we will paper cut you to death. No, so forget about playing zone against Boston if Gordon Hayward's in there. Um, I'm a fan. Uh, I I think you have to appreciate this game. He makes. He reminds me a lot of ways. I'm going to go back two gener almost two generations now. I'm sorry, I can't help it. Uh, the Bill Bradley contribution as a professional player. He was a great, one of the handful of greatest college players of all time, but he didn't have the physical uh, capability of, of imposing his will on the NBA the way he did in, in college basketball. But he's 
but he had it was a terrific player on two championship Nick teams, and he kept the ball moving. He kept the ball. He 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 he, he without the title, he was the he was never a point guard. He was a point forward before we had the phrase. It, it was instrumental to keeping the offense smoothly functioning, and that's what Gilbert Hayward does for this team. Those young guys all know it. Hmm. They know it. They should, you know, those fans that uh, those people that are criticizing Hayward. I got news for them. Uh, that would be a very unhappy group of of Jalen's and Jasons and Marcuses if Gordon Hayward weren't here. He's not impeding their progress. He's embedding them. You're right. So this is foolish. However, Danny Ainge has said since day since he became a, a his first draft is the most unpredictable and fearless general manager in the National Basketball Association. Do Always fasten your seatbelt on draft day, okay? We learned that 07 specifically, but mm-hmm. there were other times too. Danny Ainge is not above worrying about criticism. He doesn't, we don't worry about criticism. So he might, yeah, could he find a deal that might work in his mind uh, for Hayward? Sure. Don't ever be shocked. I don't want him to do that, but I, I will respect this. Just don't be shocked. That's all. Dan, Danny's unpredictable. But I, I, I think I, you bring this team back. Give me a shooter, give me a big body five, and I'm and I'm a very happy guy. Yeah, the the shooter that everybody wanted at the trade deadline uh, is Davis Bertans, who was just you know turning into you know the one of the greatest you know three point shooters for a season in, in a long time. And the guys uh, that would if you had put Davis Bertans on this team, I, I, they're like I'm with you. They're still playing, and and I think. You know, that Hayward situation, if you take the, you know, you look at all these teams now, like look at the, the Miami Heat. Who's the fourth best player in the Miami Heat, right? If you took him off the roster and gave him some ailment and all of a sudden, you know, put him back out there. Yeah, he wouldn't do well either. And it's, and it's a big part of what they do. And I, I like the Hayward idea. I'm nervous though, because we've seen, and, and, and they're all flukes, Bob. They're all flukes. We talked about it. You know, we had the ankle injury, the broken hand, the sprained ankle. I, know, I just I know. Feel, it just prevents him from getting any rhythm at all whatsoever. And you can argue the fact that him getting hurt was great for Jason Tatum because Jason had to step up and, you know, he turned into this monster in February and carried that over pretty much into the bubble. He was fantastic. You know, Jalen Brown has, has stepped up a level. They've had to kind of organically, right? You go back to that first run they had in the playoffs. No Kyrie Irving, no Gordon Hayward. Those two got quite the baptism of fire by just getting thrown into it, you know, every single game. You're battling LeBron until game seven and, you know, Terry Rozier doesn't have a great game. So they, you know, and Marcus Morris doesn't have a great game. So they lose. Uh, but that Gordon Hayward contract, I, cause again, you're going to lose it at some point. And then again, life gets complicated, you know, with the Jason Tatum extension, you know, and all that stuff, there is a way to take that much money and find a way to get somebody that can maybe help them a little better. Look, I'm not, I'm not suggesting trading Gordon Hayward or not. I'm just, I've looked at the body of work and as great as it is, and again, when they're really humming and when Gordon's really great, they are dangerous. And you're right. You can't play zone against them. They have four guys that can really control the basketball in terms of setting up their offense between Tatum, Walker, Smart, and Hayward. Uh, they're a way different animal. But past evidence has showed us that Gordon has a hard time staying healthy. And as hard as that is to come to grips with, you know, you can't, you can't not have him on the team and try to make the NBA Finals. I mean, it's just difficult. And again, we've talked about other teams are going to get better. Milwaukee's going to find a way to get better. Uh, Miami will find ways to get better because they have great trade pieces if you want to do it. Indiana, Indiana, in- when, when they get, you know, they didn't have Sabonis in the end. Right. I don't know. Now, we don't know where the disposition of Eladipo is going to be, but the other guy's you know, injury situation. But Indiana, yep. throw them in the mix. You have to worry yep. about them. And, and, and we have no idea where, you know, what Brooklyn's going to present, what, what, what other kind of problem they will present next year. We have no idea. Uh, just want to say, no, I'm, I wouldn't like, you know, go weep and wail if they trade Hayward, if, if, because I would think it would be, a, if it's for the, because if it can do it, it's for, for I would like to think a very good reason. And right. I don't know who is in love with him. You know, somebody might be out there that is in love with him other than his home state team. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it, it's, but the, one of the things that clouds all the issue for some people, not everybody, is the money. It's the fact that we know he's very expensive. We know he was a very expensive free agent. And we're not getting, you know, and overall, if you're going to rate, give him a grade on what he's been able to produce, you know, for, with all the injuries and which, whether or not, and nothing is his, his fault, but you know, you, what's the grade C plus B yes. minus at the most, right? As total. The, yeah. As the mean, total? not great, Bob. Right. Not great, no, Bob. Not, yeah. that's not, not at that salary level. No, you know, that's okay for, you know, 
somebody else, but not for him. No, he hasn't been worth it. I'll be honest. I keep waiting and hoping we're going to get maximum value. We've had flashes. We've had nice flashes. And we've actually had a pretty good year. And everything was going great until that fateful moment when he comes down on the wrong foot, on the foot and, and against Philadelphia with three minutes to go in a game that was won. That's what's so frustrating. But that seems to be the story of his life, you know, as a pro in Boston. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm just saying – he is useful when he's he's a damn good basketball player, yeah, but great. but he's not any use to you. You know, the old line can't make the club from the tub. You know, and he's in <laughs> yeah. that metaphorical tub too much, and it, whether it's his own fault or not. So, Bob, I, I don't want to do too much of this, um, mainly because you've already done it on your podcast with Jeff Goodman. And I encourage people to check that out, and and uh, also there are clips out on the CLNS YouTube page as well, isolating this discussion. But the Brad Stevens debate, you know, there are again, it's it's the the, the loud, the vocal minority on social media, Twitter in particular, it says Brad has to go. Brad's underachieved. Brad was outcoached in the last two series. Brad is, you know, the adjustments aren't there enough. Uh, the, you know, Brad doesn't show enough energy, enough, uh, enough getting angry with his players, enough, you know, whatever. I mean, there, there are so many things out there. It makes my head spin. And I, it, it's, I find it difficult. I like to think I look at it rationally, but but I, I've been called to Brad Stevens' apologist, and maybe I am. I love the guy. I think he's an excellent coach. I think he is not the best coach in the NBA, but he's certainly – I'd rather have him than most. I think he's, you know, probably top five, if not that, top seven. He is one of the better coaches in the NBA. And, you know, I could put up with a lot of the, the noise in my mentions for a while. And then I started to see the, you know, well, what about bringing Doc Rivers back after the Clippers got rid of him? And then I just got angry, Bob. I just got <laughs> angry at that point for a multitude of reasons. One, that would never in a million years happen because I don't care what Wick says, what Danny says, you know, what that, what they say publicly about how much they love Doc as a person, how grateful they are for the championship run and, and obviously winning in 08 and getting back there in 10 and all the success. And, and all of it's true, by the way. But I refuse to believe behind closed doors that there is and, – and all of this even puts aside the fact that Brad Stevens was just extended. He's not going anywhere for anybody. But even, I, I don't even think the Celtics front office, if, if they could do it in a smooth way, would humor the idea of bringing Doc Rivers back because they think he is a better option for this team than Brad Stevens, notwithstanding the fact that he quit on the team in 2013. He wanted out. He didn't want to be part of a rebuild. And, oh, by the way, went to L.A. and over the course of seven years, never got out of the second round of the playoffs, despite, obviously, this past year and some others as well, having extreme talent, whereas Brad Stevens' teams have more often than not, at the very least, met expectations and typically overachieved, which I realize they did not do. Some might say in some ways they did do this year. But if most people want to say, hey, you should have beaten the Heat, then fine. I still go back to at the beginning of the year, most people didn't have them in the conference final. That's another discussion entirely. Point is, Doc Rivers is not a, and look, phenomenal human being, terrific human being. I think, and I've had this discussion with a number of people, including guys that played for him. I think he's an overrated head coach. I think there is a, it's not a total fluke that he has been at the helm of three, you know, blown three one playoff series leads out of the 13 that we have experienced in NBA playoff history. And you put him with a young group that needs this level of guidance that it does, doesn't make sense. He is a, a, a country club mentality, uh, you know, great coach, leader of men, model of minds, guy for a veteran led group. That is not this team. And it doesn't make any sense. And I can't believe it's even out there as, as not a rumor, but just something that people even put out there as, you know, that's not a bad idea because it's a terrible idea. I need to recuse myself from a Doc Rivers discussion of this nature due to the fact that uh, uh, I basically consider him a friend. Right? And uh, I felt I wasn't stunned or beyond that he got let go because I, I thought that having these, three one uh, situations on your resume uh, for a an owner who just paid two billion dollars and 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 thought that he had gotten was paying for a team that was at least going to get to the finals to play against hope you know uh, that he's not going to be upset bomber Steve bomber and it didn't surprise me that that really that doc was let go uh, I, I he does no coming back here. No, that's a, and and the first thing I thought of as you were beginning your very erudite discussion 
uh, analysis was the fact that, you know, he, he left here saying, I don't want to be part of a rebuild. He walked out. And I, I was stunned. I know I, I, I was stunned when he did that. Uh, just a little disappointed, a lot of disappointed because I like having him around. But anyway, no, he's not. This isn't the fit for him. By the way, he's up, they've already floated him in Philly. I, uh, I, I, I kiddingly said, as soon as I heard, I, I was actually, this is funny, guys. I was actually doing a, uh, an interview on NBA radio when the news broke. <laughs> like, you know, breaking news. Doc Rivers is out in, in, with the Clippers. And I said, okay, uh, Pelicans, if you need his number, I have it. <laughs> okay? Because that's the job he should take, not Philly. I don't know who wants it. Philly's a minefield, unless you know what they're going to do, if they're going to get rid of either Embiid or Simmons. But I don't know you want to be fooling around with Philly. I, I think they're a, they're a minefield. I, I, but New Orleans, that's a different matter. Anyway, Brad Stevens. Let's just talk about Brad. And, sure. and, and I'm not going to say dispute anything you said about the, the ill fit that Doc would be here. He's going to be a fine fit for somebody else, but not, not the Celtics. Uh, you cannot tell me that Brad was in any way responsible uh, for them not advancing any farther than they did the first two times they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, okay? This year, I, I'm i not happy. I mean, I'm not happy. I'd like to say, Doc, uh, excuse me, Brad, you better look in the mirror. Something's going on. These, these leads, the, the too much. Once is one, one thing, I'll give you, cut you slack. Two, oh, come on. Three times, basically, that it happened, and no. I don't, no, no, no good. Something's wrong. you got to address it. You got to, you know, so I'm, but I think he's a terrific coach. And I dare say if he were out in the open market right now, there aren't too many teams Mm -mm. that wouldn't say to their current coach, uh, you know, um, you know, it's been been real, but I think, uh, I think we need to make a move. He would be highly coveted. Don't worry about it. Uh, But I want to see how he responds to all this. I want to see, you know, we, we may have to wait 12 months, not 12 months, hopefully like nine <laughs> months, whatever now. I forget where we are. We may have to wait eight or nine months before we have another chance to find out how they're going to react in a remotely similar circumstance in the playoffs. But they're going to be back in the playoffs next year. They're going to be in the mix. And then we're going to find out if they've learned their lessons. But I'm a Brad Stevens fan. And this is, look, talk, it's, and this is talk. You're talking mostly talk. You know, this, this is talk radio fodder, understandable. It's a predictable but no, we're lucky to have Brad Stevens. He wasn't at his best in this series. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I agree to that. Nobody's perfect. Uh, hey, Greg Popovich blew a championship because he didn't have his guy on the floor to get a rebound. Okay. They yeah. should have had out there. So, you know, even Greg Popovich is going to have to answer to his maker in the end for some faux pas. So, come on. Nobody's perfect. Bob, let's let you go on this because uh, I know we want to let you go to go watch game one of the NBA finals here. The uh, Heat Lakers, I mean, you can give me your impressions of the series, who you think is going to win, not uh, rehashing stuff that we already talked about, but who you actually believe will win. And uh, just also from a fan perspective, a Celtics fan perspective, you know, I I asked on social media, you know, will C's fans, will you feel better or worse if the Heat win the championship? And I I think in general terms, Unless in general terms. In general yeah. terms, in basketball, unless it's Philadelphia you lose to, you, and then you can't root for them, right? Right. If you're a Celtics fan. It's like if you're a Red Sox fan and you lose to the Yankees, you're never going to root for the Yankees in the World Series, right? If you lose – anyway. Right. But if you lose to Philadelphia and, and, and they're playing, you're not rooting for them. Okay. Miami's different for me. I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting like crazy. For one thing, Duncan Robinson is – He's from York, Maine, and he's an amazing story. And and uh, there's not there's nobody dislikable on the team. Uh, now you can root against Riley. I understand if you want to do that, fine. How can you root for the Lakers if you're a Celtic fan? You can't do it. Uh, so uh, your rooting interest is easy. You got to root for Miami Celtic fans. You're watching this this podcast. You you're not rooting for the Lakers. Stop it. Don't bother. Okay. Now who's going to win? Regrettably, I have oh. to be mainstream, orthodox, boring. <laughs> <laughs> the logical thing is Lakers and six, right? That's what that, it's the logic. And it would be, all right, I'm afraid that's the logic, but let me just say this. They have the two best players in the, in, in on the floor and the general, we know, I think we all know that everybody knows that. Right. However, the next fill in the blank, three, four, five, four out of five, five out of six belong to the heat before you get to the next best player in that series. 
they got a chance, and they shoot that three like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how Bam's going to fare with the new big man complex that he's going to have to negotiate as opposed to the easy one for him against Boston, okay? You know, it's going to be very different, and I, I don't know how he's going to fare. But, damn it, they got a chance. If they, As I said, Drajic, he's got – if he keeps playing like this, so I, I think they got a chance. But, uh, regrettably, I'm, I, I, I don't have any great brilliance for you. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid the Lakers are going to win in six. Well, Bob, the, the only thing that none of us have mentioned too, and it's just this, it, it's all we, I don't, I don't we often when it comes to the Celtics. I, I very rarely do it. So I will we as a Celtics fan, I'll do it that way. The only thing we have on the Lakers right now is that extra championship. Yeah. Can't re- can't re- no, 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 <laughs> no, don't give me that. Don't give me that. You can't count the Minneapolis ones. That doesn't count. Get out of here. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a historian. You damn well have to count them. It's going to say well, seven. Okay, so does – That's part of the franchise. I'm sorry. So does Oklahoma – That's true. Do the Thunder uh, get the – every right to count them. I'm sorry. Do the Thunder get the Sonics title in or no? We'll agree to disagree. Do the, do uh, the Thunder do the Thunder get to claim the Sonics title then? They, they – if they want to, they have my blessing. Okay. Okay. Sorry. You, no, gotta, you just, like, just got to be consistent. That's all I'm looking for. No, I mean, consistency you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's an argument. That's a fair argument, and and there's no right and wrong. It's you know, but but I mean, I'm I'm I, I have to concede them that those Laker champions, those, those Minneapolis championships. When they moved to LA, Baylor had played as a Laker in Minneapolis Laker in '59 against the Celtics. I mean, so there's a linkage there. That's my weak argument. <laughs> no, I, I'll take it. That's fine. I just okay. I, I go the other way around. <laughs> Most people do. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll let you jump out on that. We're going to keep talking just a little bit longer, but we'll let you go enjoy game one. Thank you. Appreciate you hopping. Thank you, Bob. We'll do All it right, guys. Game. That was fun. All right, Bob Ryan, of course, good friend of uh, this show, part of the CLNS family as well, has the podcast with Jeff Goodman and, of course, uh, Long of the Boston Globe. Always appreciate and uh, enjoy his coverage. You know, and and like I said, I mean, just knows so so much about this league, its history, these teams. Personally, that, with Adam, that's the closest I'm going to get to around the horn right there. You got to let me live in my glory right now. <laughs> yeah, the, that I, is the closest I'm going to get. I get the boxes. Bob Ryan's here. That's it. I'm. That's I have now peaked. We're done. The only thing we were missing, got, you kind of look like Tony Reale, so that's like it for me. I've now peaked. We're I, good. I never anticipated I'd get to drop a not great Bob on Bob Bryan. So. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. just an excellent – man, that was a real treat. Seriously, I, I, you know, what's cool about this company is I've got to do some cool stuff in terms of interviewing people. I mean, you uh, probably similarly, you know, Kendrick Perkins, Tony Allen must have been fun. Yeah, uh, but I've, I've been able to, to interview uh, Gorman and, and Bob Ryan – if you're a Celtics fan, is like the greatest experience ever. Just to talk with those two guys at all about Celtics basketball in general is just a real treat. So, uh, again, just throwing out to Bob. Appreciate him coming on. Uh, sorry for interrupting you as well, but like yeah, I had to just, I was like bursting with energy. I was like, <laughs> I just basically had an around the horn experience, uh, with Bob Ryan. This was awesome. And now I can, I can die in peace just like that. <laughs> No, he, he, is, he is awesome. I love, you know, whenever he comes on and, and does this show and, and for, you know, for anyone listening, like if you don't, it, it's, it's out of the kindness of his heart. You know, he's not, we're yeah. not writing him a check for doing it. He is just that nice a guy that uh, comes on and, and uh, yaps some season NBA with us. Uh, and it's, it's awesome. He's great. I, yeah. you know, the only thing I didn't touch on the whole heat Lakers thing. And honestly, I don't really know how, maybe I've lived, uh, you know, under, some segmented rock when it comes to Twitter, because I, I just didn't see this out there at all. And so I wasn't thinking about it, The maybe also because it, it happened as long ago as it did in, in terms of what we've been through in the world. But the, uh, you know, the, the, the people, I wonder if it, if it ventures outside of Lakers fans, the, the win it for Kobe Bryant crowd, you know, this year, obviously in the wake of his tragic passing back in January. And, you know, I just, I feel like, and this is going to sound terrible. Yeah. No, not terrible. Just stupid. Maybe not terrible, not insensitive, just maybe stupid. Um, I'm not sure it totally applies when regardless of the situation and the situation's awful, you're the favorite. Like the Lakers were the favorite going into the season. If they win the championship, it's not a like rallied around something horrific and won. 
it's they did what they were supposed to do. You right. know what I mean? So that's that's a fair point. Um, the bubble has kind of taken that and, and twisted that a little bit, right? Because yeah, absolutely, it's just been the weirdest the the weirdest year of basketball in a long time, if not ever, right? So I think that what has happened is like the bubble has like just disoriented that a little bit, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if they're, cause you well know, cause it's, it happened. It, it, there was an attempt for the media to push the LeBron James for MVP narrative, which mm-hmm. I thought was insane. <laughs> okay. Considering what the season was, the season ended in March. And at that time, Giannis was the best player in the league, had the best stats on the best team, with the best record, et cetera, et cetera. That was it. We don't need to discuss that. However, if there were more time in the season where they could have taken the time to turn that narrative, and ESPN would have eaten that up for weeks and months, <laughs> and they already they still are, and they yeah. will continue to. But that they missed that media blitz that you could have had if the season were a full season and they would have been able to roll it into the playoffs a little bit easier when things get stopped and at the whole world stops for three months. And there's a, a much big, there are much bigger problems in the world than basketball, right? That narrative really gets lost a little bit, but I, I find it weird again, that like, I'm, I'm sure that's motivation in the locker room for sure. But like, I'm with you, like if the Lakers win, it's because they're the best team. They have the two best players. They have Anthony Davis, LeBron James. And right. the team that was supposed to be their rival shit the bed, sorry, shit the bed and blew a 3-1 lead that, and, and cost us fans the, the what would have been an amazing series between the two teams from L.A. And it would have really ignited a, maybe a potential rivalry between those two teams. So um, I'm with you a little bit on the Kobe thing. Um, I thought you were going to say it's like overblown and I was like, Oh boy, I'm not, I don't, I would not want to go there. <laughs> right. Um, but like, I don't think it changes a lot. I think like they're the favorites if they win, like, okay. Yeah. The Kobe Bryant angle is just a, another add on in, right. in reality. If you took the, you know, people either said the Lakers, or the Clippers are going to win the whole thing at the beginning of the year. So right. when you're one of the two teams involved you can't use another, crutch so to speak to like be like oh it propelled them to a title no not really they're just better than everybody else well part of the reason too that and i've tweeted about this incessantly i mean the, my mentions have been just absurd in the last which i love by the way this is not a complaint i love when people want to interact on on twitter and when they do it respectfully as as honestly more often than not they do they'll disagree it's you know it's the like when people just respond to a tweet to anyone it's just like bleep you like that's not constructive you want to respond okay. with well you know why you disagree and you know, let's have a discussion about it, which happens more often than not. Like, great, I'm in, let's go. Um, and the, the, the whole thing, uh, just to circle back, cause we're going to get out of here. We, we did a lot of this with Bob, but the whole like doc Brad thing or Brad versus anyone else thing, like those Clippers you just talked about in, in terms of shit in the bed, like they, they quit, like they were done. They, I mean, they got blown out. It was, they got punked by Jokic and Jamal Murray, which is crazy. But not even – it is crazy, but not even just that. Like, they quit. They they just – they they choked and they quit. Brad Stevens' group this year, you want to say it, it blew some leads, choked in some games? Fine. That's okay. But, like, their worst playoff loss that they had was game seven, or, or game six, rather, by 12 points when they – they ran out of gas. All their previous losses, the entire postseason, totaled – 22 points they were all single digit games they were never blown out most of them were close came down to the wire the team you know never quit on brad never tuned out brad it just it it lost like the the heat for some reason i feel like there are some celtics fans that just have trouble saying the words you know what the heat were better (laughs) the the heat were a better team and it, you send out certain tweets or you're defensive of Brad or, or you know, pointing to Bam or or Robinson or Hero and some of the different matchups. And you're making excuses. You're making – quit making excuses. I'm not making a single excuse because I don't think you make an excuse when you say the words, the Heat were better. You are conceding. Yeah. The Heat were the yeah. better team. 
It, it wasn't a favorable matchup, and that exists. That is a real thing in sports. It was not a favorable matchup for the Celtics, and the Heat exploited it in a variety of different areas. And, yes, could they have won the series? Absolutely. You know, with a, a healthy Gordon Hayward, I agree. They're in the finals right now. If Kemba Walker had been better, they're in the finals right now. If, uh, you know, Jason Tatum isn't a total no-show for the first half of, of a game that they lose, even though he blew up in the second half, maybe they win that game and they're playing a game seven tonight. You know, there, there are so many different reasons why that series could have swung the other way. But you could say the same thing at the Heat in terms of how ridiculously they shot, which was anticipated going into the series, by the way. That's who they are. They didn't just get hot. They are hot at all times, at least in the right. bubble. That is their reality. And there was no one to defend Bam outside of, you know, this is where you, you can start to nitpick Brad. Like, should he have taken Grant Williams out, you know, when he was doing so well against him and, and put in Daniel Tice, who then got, you know, turned on a, a spindle, a revolving door. It was, it was right. all of a sudden, like, could, you know, could Cantor have been used differently? Should Rob Williams have been used more? Like, you can second guess the hell out of Brad Stevens if you want to. Totally fine doesn't make him one a bad coach two an unfit coach for this team or three a coach that needs to go and I, I just think that some of the you know angry Twitter crowd or so and I haven't even really lessened but uh, sports talk radio crowd maybe as well be it hosts or callers it's just there's there's a lot of misplaced blame out there right now the one thing I want to do before we get out of here because we screwed this up I can't believe we didn't do this with Bob how did we not ask Bob about Rondo because yeah, it, look, it I think in my head it did. I think we're all. I mean, I'm rooting for the Heat. I I love this Miami team. I I love the way they play. Just love everything about them. The Rondo thing doesn't make this hard, but yet at the same time, like if I see playoff Rondo doing stuff and he's been doing some stuff, yeah. I don't know if you saw when they went to zone, he had like street, three straight plays where he picked somebody's pocket. I was like, I was like, I haven't seen Rondo play defense like this in 12 years. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, like there is the little bit of Rondo that like when he does stuff, I'm going to be happy about it. And I'm upset at myself already that I'm going to be happy about it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Look, either way, there are some ex Celtics that are going to win some rings here, whether it's Crowder and Olenek, well, whether D- it's Rondo and Bradley. The best part is Dion Waiters gets a ring no matter what. So he's yeah, just cruising. <laughs> no, he, he, he was on Miami to start the year. On no, LA, no, yeah. I, said, I mean, he was, he was only there for three games, but he probably would get a ring. He's just on cruise control. He's like, I don't even need to play. Who cares? I'm just going to sit back, <laughs> collect my ring, collect my check. And that's it. Like Dion. As fellow Syracuse people, yeah. Dion, we support you, brother. That's it. That's what yeah, it's all about. Get that check, get that ring. That's it. No, it's nuts. Look, lot, lots of off-season conversation on the way, obviously. Again, this show brought to you by Bet Online, the uh, leading online provider uh, right here, CLNS, of audio-video coverage of the Celtics. But Bet Online is, uh, you know, where you want to go. Online sportsbook experts, my man. Yeah, yeah, they are. And they – and they are great, and we appreciate them being with us. Well, just BOL, man, uh, plus 2,500 on the, on the Pats. I mean, that's a real juicy number, folks. It just really think about is. that. That's, that's I mean, a real that's, juicy number. It's, I feel like they've shown you enough to – I'll, I'll say – I'll say this. I'll say this. Yeah. That number will not be the same after Sunday. If they go into KC and win this yeah. game, which I don't think they're going to do, but it's definitely possible. You will not get that number the rest of the year. So now is the time, folks. Yes. That's plus twenty five hundred. Couple days, take advantage of it. You know what's? I don't. I don't know what you're willing to throw down, but what's the worst that you could lose? It's really not that bad. Go. Uh, yeah, give me some, Have some fun over the course of the year. Have some fun, exactly. All right, we're gonna get out of here. Our thanks to Bob Ryan, obviously Evan. I'm Adam, and uh, we'll be with you throughout the off season. You know, we don't end here. There's lots to talk about, moves to be made, and. It's going to be kind of a funky offseason, Evan. I mean, we don't even know when next season starts. The presumption, obviously, is January. But in between now and then, you know, it's there's free agency. What uh, it, is, is it supposed to be theoretically starting in, uh, in mid-October? Is, uh, or is it dates, November? What, what is I, all think there, I would look more towards November, I think, for all that stuff. I think the draft's uh, in a different, in a weird time too. It's just all, yeah. again, again, it could change. It could just completely change with coronavirus and how the country does. It's just, again, you know, don't, whatever the date is, it might not be that date. Don't be shocked by it. 
Yeah, pandemic changes things, including this entire season, which was not a total bust for the Celtics, people. Conference finals, three out of the last four years, is nothing to sneeze at. Not everybody does that, even if this was a year that felt to some degree like a missed opportunity. I do get it. Evan Valenti, I'm Adam Kaufman. Thank you for being with us. Thanks to Bob Ryan. We will talk to you again real soon. <laughs>